Hello, hello, and welcome to our show today. This is the podcast, in case you might be listening to the wrong one. Stick around. This is the shit they should have taught you in school but didn't, and I am your host, Rochelle Indra. So if you're on the wrong podcast, sit down, relax, because I hope you're going to enjoy it. Today, we're going to talk about something that can be kind of hard to hear. And every time I try to post about it online, people get real, real mad about it because I think it hits something deep in all of us because I think this is something that to an extent we really all do and need to take a look at. And that is this idea that your partner does not belong to you. And yes, 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 yes. Of course we think that. Of course, oh, we know they're their own person. Of course our partner has their own thoughts and opinions and beliefs and they run their own life. Of course. Yeah, I know that. Absolutely. But do you? Do you really? Do you really know that they are their own true person that really doesn't have anything to do with you? They have their own life, their own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, and they are choosing to spend time with you. They are choosing to build something with you. They're not in it because they have to be. They don't have to be. They can leave. Every single day, they are choosing to spend it with you. I talk all the time about how I don't want to get married again and people are like, oh my gosh, you don't want to get married? Don't you want the stability? Don't you want what, you know, that, what that brings, what that provides of knowing that they're going to be with you forever? I'm like, uh, you do realize I'm divorced, right? You do realize that most marriages end in divorce. You get married hoping, just as anybody goes into a relationship, hoping that this person is the person forever, but it doesn't mean that they are. People choose to leave situations and relationships all the time. And we take our partner for granted. We end up trying to control our partner because we think that they are an extension of us, that they are our right arm. I remember being in a, ther- a couple's therapy session and the, and the therapist saying, you do realize that she is not your right arm, right? To my partner at the time. You do realize she is her own person and she's going to do things that you don't like. She's going to make decisions you don't like. She's going to have thoughts that you don't like. She's going to have ways of doing things that you don't like because she is her complete own person. And that's the problem is that we start to think of our partner as an extension of ourself. We get so comfortable in this idea that they're always going to be there. So another one of the reasons I like the idea of not getting married again is that then there isn't just that like, oh, well, I can just sit back and relax and treat my partner like shit because they ain't going anywhere, right? I don't have to continue that respect for that person. I have to continue to show the love for that person in that way. I don't have to continue to strive to be my best person, to treat them in the best way possible because, you know, they're stuck with me because I feel safe. 
And there is this good kind of feeling safe in a relationship. And then there's the complacency feeling safe. There is this wonderful thing that can happen in a partnership of any kind, really, where you feel safe to express yourself. You feel safe to be yourself. You feel safe to be accepted. And that is very powerful and very important. But then there's this, I feel safe that they're not going to leave so I can be a shithead. So I can take them for granted. So I can take advantage of them. So I can treat them like crap and get away with it because I'm lazy or I'm mad or I'm annoyed or just because I can because they allow me to be the worst version of myself. Because I don't think anybody is going anywhere in this situation. So it just is what it is. But if you worried all the time that, hey, this person might leave, how would that change things? Yes, there would be some just anxiety and maybe some walls, but what else would there be? How would you be different if you didn't believe that this person was going to be here forever? Would it be a better relationship if you didn't believe that they were going to be here forever? Would you appreciate them more if you knew it was going to end? If you believed it had a possibility of ending. I was in a short relationship for a while, a couple years ago. I think I may have talked about him before, but I really, really believed when we got together that we were going to be together for a long time. I just, there are so many things that worked about it. So many things I just adored about him. He adored about me. And I just, I got real comfy real quick. And I was so busy building that future in my mind of what this was, where it was going, where we were going to be, where we were going to live and our careers and all the things. And I was living so much in the future. I wasn't appreciating the now. I wasn't really in the moments with him because I was so concerned about all the moments that were to come that when it ended, uh, when it ended, I just stood there realizing, oh my God, it's over. And all I wanted was to go back and have appreciated the good things, to not have focused so much on the negative things. And I'm not saying being a Pollyanna, I'm not saying allow toxic traits or to be treated badly. No, of course, I would never say that. I would never want you to go through that. But all the little things that don't really matter, but we get so comfy. We get so comfy in a relationship that we just think that, man, we can point out all the negative things about them because wouldn't our life be so much better if they didn't chew that way? If they didn't wear that stupid shirt, if they just wore the shirt we bought them, if they just did their hair the way we wanted because they're an extension of us. And I have to work with my clients sometimes in this to remind my clients that your partner is not a reflection on you. They are a reflection on them. So if they wear whatever they want, it's not about you. It's about them and them getting to express themselves. It's not about you. We do this. We get into micromanaging. We get into controlling our partners because it would just make our life a little bit easier if they just did this thing. And working on yourself, oh man, I will tell you, I know this firsthand from doing my own work, but also firsthand from seeing my clients do their work, that it is hard. 
It is a lot. It takes energy. It takes thought. It takes creativity to do your own work. And you know what's easier than doing your own work? Making somebody else do their work so that you don't have to do yours. Ooh, ouch. Ow, I felt that when I said it. Ouch. That hurts. That truth hurts. To really look at ourselves and say, how much are we trying to change our partner? So we don't have to change ourselves. Man, if my partner would just get less annoyed with the things I say, oh my God, my partner overreacts to everything. Yeah, maybe. Also, you might be an asshole. Do you ever think of that? You might be saying things in a dickhead way. You might be saying things in a hurtful way. I love truth. I'm all about truth, right? I do this. I work with clients. I'm all about truth. But I fucking hate when people are like, I just need to tell my truth right now. I'm like, oh, here comes some mean insult. It, it never goes good when somebody says, I need to tell my truth. Nothing good comes after that. It's never your truth. It's your anger. It's your frustration. It's what somebody else needs to do. We have changed this idea of being honest with just allowing ourselves to be mean to other people under the guise of being honest. This is not the rabbit hole I thought we were going to go down in this podcast, but, you know, we're here, so let's do it. How often we do that, how often we don't afford our partner the privilege of being themselves, of loving them even when we don't like them. Loving them even when there are things about them that we don't like, just as we do with friends. Why is it that we treat our friends better than we treat our partner? Because we believe our friends may leave. We know we have to be nice to our friends. We live way more in the moment with our friends than we do in our partnership. How sad is that? Maybe that's why our friendships are so important to us, right? We are in the moment. We don't have expectation of where the friendship is going to go. We don't have things that we need our friends to do for us most of the time. We're just enjoying together. And can we just enjoy like that with our partner and not have the expectation? I'm like, well, they're just going to be there. They're going to be around. You are choosing your partner, whether you are married or not, you are choosing your partner every day and they are choosing you every single day. They are choosing to stay or they are choosing to leave. They are taking a step forward. They are taking a step backwards. What would change about your relationship if you truly believed that it had the possibility of ending? What would you do differently? Because, man, I would go back to that relationship and I would have enjoyed it more. I would have enjoyed the moments more. I would have been in the moment. There's so many things I don't even remember about the relationship. Now I realize that is because I wasn't even fully present when I was there because I was planning, planning, planning. This means this. He's going to be the person. And then where are we going to live? And are we going to be in his house or my house? And I'll do this. And he's got a dog. And and I've got Zan. And So I wasn't even enjoying that presence with him. And yes, there are things that annoy us about a partner in the beginning, but we overlook that. And then why do we stop overlooking that? What happens? What changes there for us? 
So I challenge you to take a pause in this, whether you're driving and you need to just pause this and think about it, or whether you actually have the ability to write it down, which is always better. If you have that ability, it is always better to take a moment and say, what would I appreciate about my partnership if I knew it was going to end? If I really, really believed that they could possibly walk away, what would I be nicer about? What would I appreciate more if I knew that this was ending? How would I treat my partner different? Those are really important questions to ask yourself. They don't owe you anything. And they get to be their own person. Ooh, man, if you are up for it, that is another exercise right there, isn't it? Ooh, in what ways am I curbing my partner from being who they truly are? Mm. Especially if you're in a long-term relationship, especially if you're in a relationship that is going to stand the test of time. Don't you want your partner to get to live this life and fully express themselves for who they are, fully learn themselves, understand themselves for who they are, to really get to live this life and fully known themselves? and that you would love them through that process. So many people I see don't want their partner to go to therapy or or coaching for that matter, or really, really threatened. And I always like shocked me, like, don't you want that for your partner? Don't you want them to be the healthiest version of themselves, to know themselves in this life, to have their own thoughts and opinions and beliefs? But that's very threatening for a lot of people. Very threatening. But you deserve that knowledge, and so does your partner. And you're not going to like everything about them, and that doesn't mean you get to change it. You are not going to like everything about your partner, and that doesn't mean that you get to change that about them. And how many of us are curbing how our partner acts, what they say, what they do, what they like, how they look, How many of us are curbing it by using shame? Shame or guilt. How many of us are guilting our partner into being the person that we want them to be? How many of us are not making room for our partner to be their authentic self or to even discover who their authentic self is? And I will tell you, you will not like everything about your partner. It's not possible. What can you put up with? What can you just deal with? Because they are not an extension of you. They are not a reflection of you. They are their own being that is choosing to spend time with you. Probably fairly a lot of time, but they are choosing that. Remember, you are just a choice that they are making. And I know for some people this is hard to hear, like, oh, it's not very romantic, and oh, but, but this is this is reality. People say, oh, but I don't want to think about it like that because I, I, I just want to think that I, I found my person and this is going to be forever and I, I don't want to worry and I don't want to stress. And I'm not telling you to worry or stress, but just think about this, this idea that you are being chosen every day, just as you are choosing every day. And how can you make that easier for your partner? You know, it's interesting. I, I like to look at alternative ways of living. I watch uh, Sister Wives on TLC. I've watched it for years. Oh my God. 
Oh my God, it's crazy. Um, but it's a show about Mormonism and fundamental Mormonism and a man that has many wives. And it's not something that I agree with, but it's also something I don't know a lot about. So I've watched that. I watched uh, Big Love, which was a drama on HBO years ago. And when somebody is interested in this lifestyle or does this lifestyle, lives this way, I'm fascinated by it. I'm just fascinated by how other people choose to live. And one thing that that has always fascinated me is polyamory, this idea of having multiple relationships at once or maybe one main relationship, but they have an open relationship and they can sleep with other people. And I have no opinion on right or wrong about that. It's the choices that people are making. Everybody is trying to figure out what is the best way to make relationships. Monogamy doesn't work. So, I mean, sadly, people get real upset when I say that, but it's true. Look at our divorce rate. Not only that, but just look at the rate of relationships that don't work out. I mean, it's almost all the relationships you have will not work out. And then marriage, it's divorce is over 50%. There was a great... Um, God, I forgot her name. It's a wonderful couples therapist. She was on Dax Shepard's show. I forgot her name. For those of you who watch the show, you probably remember, but she talked about how humans are not monogamous. And she said, you're not monogamous in your memories. You are not monogamous in your fantasies. Even if you are monogamous in your reality. Humans are just not monogamous creatures. I thought, well, that's interesting. So then, you know, you look at these relationships that choose to go with that belief system that have thought that way and say, okay, so what are we going to do about that? What do we, how do we work and keep a relationship alive and deciding that, okay, we're not monogamous. How can we make that work? So everybody's just doing their best to try to make relationships work these days. So I've been fascinated by it. And I heard a really interesting woman talk about non-monogamy and all the different forms that that takes. And she said, you know, if you really love somebody, you want them to have a full life. You want them to have every experience they could possibly have in this lifetime, to enjoy everything they could possibly enjoy, to experience every kind of emotion they could experience so they have a full and complete reality of who they are. And non-monogamy is a way to do that that you are not limiting how many experiences that this person that you love can have. And I thought, ooh, that spoke to me. Oh, oh that really spoke to me. And I'm not saying non-monogamy is right for me. I have no idea. But I really realized that, wow, I can see why people choose this. They love their partner enough to want them to be ha able to have all these different experiences. And when we do just choose one partner, how much we are limiting ourselves in experience, how much we are limiting ourselves in the amount of love that we can feel, the amount of attraction we can feel, how much we can learn about ourselves through learning about other people and having all these different kinds of experiences. And so I understand where they're coming from. I will love my partner enough to want them to have all these different sorts of experiences, to have a full life. And if they come back to me and choose me again and again, how wonderful is that? Instead of feeling that they have to be with me or they're forced to be with me, that they're constantly choosing to be with me. And I, it's risky, right? It's risky. 
I did not think that we were going to go dive down this hole. But this is this idea, right? With monogamy, we just decide, oh, it's going to be like this forever. And we don't want the risk that what if they wouldn't choose me again? (sighs) God, that brings tears to my eyes. So I know that some of you must be feeling that. That fear that if my partner had to choose again, would they still choose me? Am I enough? Am I still lovable? Do they still love me? Or am I just holding on to the fact that they are, quote unquote, stuck with me, that they have to be with me, that we have built a life together, a family together, a marriage together? Is that what's holding us together? Some people are choosing to live differently and say, I take the risk that they will come back to me. And if they don't, then it wasn't meant to be. And they're willing to take that risk so that they can choose each other every day. Again, not saying it's working, not saying that's the right way to do it. I'm not saying anything like that. I have no opinion on it. But I do think it's interesting to look at different ways that people exist in relationship, exist in partnership. Because then we can have a better understanding when we look at our own relationship. We look at our own partnership. And also everything I'm saying about somebody else, are they doing it to you? Are you being curbed? Are you being changed? Are you in this relationship where you don't even remember who you are because you don't do this thing because your partner doesn't like it and you don't do that thing because your partner doesn't like it and you don't say these things that you used to say? And I will tell you, if you stop saying the things you used to say, you will stop having the thoughts you used to have. And that might be good if you're trying purposely to curb something that isn't working, a tool you had that wasn't helpful, then that's great. You will eventually stop doing that. You will stop thinking that. But if it's parts of who you are that you are silencing, you may eventually be silencing it from yourself. And you may accidentally be doing this to somebody you love. So maybe if this feels relevant for you, maybe you play this podcast for them or you ask them to listen to it or on a long drive or at night on the couch after the kids go to bed, maybe you talk about this. How can we be more supportive of each other? How can we be nicer to each other? What is it about your life that you want to explore that you're not because of me and vice versa? And if you can't have this conversation, if you are not in a relationship that is safe to have this conversation, if you are not in a relationship with somebody who you think can have this conversation, can you at least have it with yourself? Can you at least end this podcast and have this conversation either in your head or written out or in art form, if that's what speaks to you, can you have this conversation with yourself? I hope this helps. Love you guys.